So we're going to be talking, we're going to be in Mark chapter 2 tonight, uh, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, uh, if you want to follow along, there's Bibles there in front of you, uh, on your phone or whatnot, uh, Mark 2, verses 1 through 12. So again, to, be, to kind of catch you up where we've been, we've been working through all of Scripture and, and the thread of the gospel through all of Scripture and how from the very beginning... God's plan was this rescue that was going to happen once sin entered the world, this rescue that was going to happen uh, in the person of Jesus. And, and he kept showing things, even in the Old Testament, over and over again, pointing to that, um, where he continues to show in the Old Testament that he hears his people, that he sees them, that he sees the things that they are struggling with, and that he rescues them uh, from various things throughout all of the Old Testament uh, Ultimately, every time pointing to this ultimate rescue that's going to happen with Jesus. And so in the New Testament, Jesus, now, now that where we've been, Jesus is here on earth. Uh, he's uh, started, he got baptized, um, and then he started doing his public ministry the last time uh, that I was up here. We talked about him calling disciples and, and people to follow him and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, and then... Now we're going to move in from there. Uh, the story of, of Jesus, one of the many times that he healed people, uh, and one of the stories of that that we hear about in Scripture, uh, and this one in particular, a lot of you are probably familiar with, uh, he heals this paralytic man because his, this guy's friends bring him to Jesus, and then they, it's super crowded, and so they decide to... Uh, figure out a way to get them, get their friend close to Jesus. So they go to the roof and they dig through the roof and they drop him down in from the top uh, so that Jesus might heal him. Um, I, again, love visuals so that I can see and understand. So if you haven't heard this story or you just need like a visual of what's going on, we're going to look at this video uh, that's going to give us a little summary of what's happening in this story, okay? So instead of just reading it to you, we're going to watch it. The Miracle of Mercy. Jesus heals. This is Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Jesus did many amazing things. He taught everyone about God's love, healed people from their sickness, calmed storms. The news of Jesus had spread all around and many people wanted to come and see what he was doing. No matter where Jesus went, great crowds of people would follow him. Jesus went to his own town and news spread that he was back home. Ow! Soon, the house where he was staying was packed. So Jesus began to preach God's word to the people. Meanwhile, some men heard that Jesus was in town. So they decided to take their paralyzed friend to him to be healed, for their friend wasn't able to walk. Excuse me. Huh? But when they got to the house, they couldn't reach Jesus because of the crowd. Oh, well. No! So they went to the roof uh, what? and dug a hole right above Jesus. Uh, we got this. 
Then they lowered their friend down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Jesus saw their faith, so he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. There were some Pharisees and teachers of religious law in the room, though, and they were horrified that Jesus would say such a thing. They said to themselves, Who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this? Is it easier to say to this man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? Ah, uh, what? Jesus went on to say that he would prove to them that he was allowed to forgive sins. Yeah, right. And so Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Uh, okay. So the paralyzed man stood up and picked up his mat. The entire room was stunned as the man walked out through the crowd. All were amazed and praised God, saying, We've never seen anything like this before. And they believed that God had sent Jesus with the authority to forgive sins and the ability to help the hurting. Okay, so that's what's happening, right? So these four friends, uh, they have a, a friend of theirs that's paralyzed. So what I want you to think about, too, as we talk through this story, try to think what that would look like for this guy. So he, he's been paralyzed, from what we can tell in this story, for a long time. Uh, so he can't move around on his own. He can't do a lot of things on his own. So try to get in that mindset for a second of what that would be like for you. If you were paralyzed and you couldn't move around and you needed help constantly, what life would look like for you. You're constantly relying on other people uh, you, you can't do a lot of things. I, as I was trying to think through this and, and get in that mindset, uh, I feel like I would, I would feel pretty hopeless a lot of the time if I was that guy. And I feel like I would feel trapped a lot if I was that guy. That, that even in my own body, that I'm just like trapped and limited, so, so limited at, at what I can do. And that would be so incredibly frustrating. And even at the sound and at the thought of, my friend's coming to me, he's like, hey, so everybody in town's been talking about this guy named Jesus uh, because he's speaking to people, and the way that he speaks is different, and the things that he does um, are kind of crazy. The stories that I've heard are kind of crazy, so we're, we're thinking like, man, if you have any hope, uh, maybe we could take you to him, and maybe he can do something. In Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 22, it says this about Jesus. It says, and they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. So in that verse, it, it, it shows us this picture, and this is what Jesus came to do, to show what life is like when it's lived to the fullest. So yes, he's supposed to show us who God is. He, he's God in the flesh among us. Jesus is. But then when he's here and the way that he lives his life Part of that is to show us as well, if you live your life for God fully, this is what life should look like. This is life at its fullest potential. And, and the way that he spoke was even different. It, it had authority, like I said in verse 
uh, in, in Mark 1.22. He taught them as one who had authority. And so because he taught in that way, because he started to do some miracles, because these people started talking about him, because they heard about him, even just the way that he talked, people wanted to see that. So as much as you want to hear concerts and go to concerts and people gather around people to hear them sing, uh, and, and as people start talking about, hey, have you heard this artist, have you heard this artist, and, 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 and all that builds, right? And then you get bigger and bigger crowds because people talk about it, and then other people want to come see what they've heard from their friends. And they want to see those people in person. The same thing is happening with Jesus just by him talking to people. Just by him talking to people and telling them the truth of God, people start talking and say, like, man, you got to come hear this guy. And so crowds form whenever he's around in public. And so it says here in Mark chapter 2, it says, when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So again, he comes back in town. It's talked about in town, like, hey, Jesus is back, Jesus is back. And then what happens? Verse 2, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door, and he was preaching the word to them. So they hear Jesus is back, and they find out where he's at, and then everybody swarms there. And there's no room, uh, and he's just preaching the word of God to them. And then these friends come, and they bring this paralytic, uh, this guy who's been paralyzed, uh, and they, they take him to the top of the roof, and again, they dig through the roof, and then they drop him down in front of where Jesus was preaching. So it'd be like me talking to you tonight, and then all of a sudden there's a hole in the roof, and then somebody's lowered down. That would be crazy, right? Might make everybody stop for a second. Uh, so they lower this guy down in front of Jesus as he's talking to this large crowd of people. And, and he's paralyzed, and I would assume Jesus knows because, spoiler alert, Jesus knows everything. Um, I would assume that he knows what, what this guy his biggest need is, right? What, why his friends brought him there. His friends obviously brought him there so that maybe this Jesus guy that they heard about could heal their friend and he would be able to walk. Because they heard some stories about what he could do. And so they bring him, they expect like, man, if something crazy happens, maybe Jesus will do this. And so they bring him. And the first thing that Jesus says when he sees this guy so they dropped him through the opening in the roof, and in verse 5 it says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. So the first thing he says to this guy is, Hey, your sins are forgiven. Again, I try to put myself in that guy's shoes, and I'm thinking, Like, that's not what I'm here for. I mean, that sounds cool and all, maybe, but that's not why I came, Right? Because what he came was for the hope that he would get to walk again. But Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. And, and at first glance, maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense to any of us. Like, why, why would he say that? Why, would, why that? Why when this guy is coming and when he sees, Jesus sees the faith of his friends and they lower their friend down in front of Jesus expecting and hoping and wishing that, that God would heal him, that Jesus would heal him, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. And so not only that, you have this other small group of people, the, 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 uh, the scribes there, the Pharisees that were sitting there, they're questioning in their hearts, it says, 
they were questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk? So there's a lot going on there, right? There's this group of scribes that in their hearts are saying, man, this guy is basically what he's saying. This is why they get so mad, right? Because Jesus is saying he forgives this guy's sins. So it would be like me, um, so say Jacob Griffin uh, crosses the line, like that would never happen, um, but crosses the line and just punches Judd because Judd made him mad. Like, again, super hypothetical. Uh, and then I go up to Jacob, I see this happen, and I go up to Jacob, and I'm like, Man, I forgive you. If I'm Judd, I'd probably be, pretty, well, if I'm Jacob, I'm probably pretty confused. If I'm Judd, I'm like, wait, what the heck? You can't do that. Like, he hit me, right? So this is what Jesus is doing. And this is why these guys are so mad, is that they're saying, he's saying, hey, your sins are forgiven, and what these guys know is that if you are sin, if you are, have sinned, your sin is against God. That's, that's the only person it's against. Or above all, it's against God. So what Jesus is basically saying is that I can, I'm forgiving your sins, so he's saying he is God. And that's why they get upset. That's why they get mad. Because the only one that can forgive somebody is the one that was Offended. And so if sin is offending God, then only God can forgive people, and Jesus is saying that he can do that. And it makes these guys really mad. And then, again, this isn't even, I, I don't even think I thought about this until I was reading it right now, um, that they were thinking that in their heart, and then Jesus speaks to them exactly what they were thinking in their hearts. So that there's another miracle of itself. He knows exactly what they're thinking. And they don't speak that out loud at all. They just think that and feel that. And then he addresses it. And he says, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the par paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. So they were all amazed and glorified and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So Jesus is saying, by telling this man, your sins are forgiven, he's saying that he's, he came to do more than we even asked for, I think is what he's saying. So a lot of times we come to Jesus, we come to God because we want him to fix something, right? That's what draws people to God a lot of times. It's like, hey, like everybody in their life, I think, has probably prayed a prayer like, man, God, I don't know, I know if I, I don't speak to you a whole lot or maybe I don't speak to you as much as I should, but if you could just do this one thing for me, that would be awesome, right? 
everybody's probably had some kind of version of that prayer to God before. Like, if you could just do this one thing for me, if you could just fix this thing. You probably have something in your life right now that you think, uh, man, if this, this one thing in my life was fixed, everything in my life would be better. You're probably sick of me hearing it from me, uh, but obviously one of those things in my life right now is adopting these kids that we have. Like, I just want to adopt them. Like, that's all I'm asking. If God would just fix that, if he would just do that, then there's so many other things would just be, would be better. My heart would be at so much more peace if we could just make that happen. And I just, I want him desperately to fix that in my life. What is it that you're wanting him to fix in your life? For some of you, it's like, man, if I just had this relationship with this person, like that would fix so many things. Like if I could just have that person as my boyfriend or my girlfriend, like that would just fix so many things. If I could just have more money, more money to buy this thing that I want, that would just fix so many things. If If I could just have this thing, if I could have that thing, if I could just have you fix this one area of my life. If you can just heal my mom. Like, you, I know you're a healer. Like, you can do that. If you would just do that one thing, like, that would fix so many things in my life. If you just fix my parents' relationship, if you just fix that, like, God, please just fix this for me. Again, what I think Jesus is doing, the reason that he said your sins are forgiven first, is because he's trying to drive this guy, those Pharisees, and all of us to something that he's trying to do. He's, he wants to do more than that. And he wants to show us, like he was trying to show us here, that he has authority not just over physical things, but he has all authority over spiritual things as well. That his power goes far beyond what we tend to think it is. We have this idea of like, man, God maybe created me to look like this, and then he wants to go so much deeper than that and say, no, this is what I want your life to look like. It should be even more full and even better than you think it's supposed to be. So it made me think of this. Have you ever seen like uh, anybody carve something out of wood or stone before? Like it, it starts with like this big, just regular piece. I'll just show you, right? I can't carve something out. That'd be awesome if I was like, okay, let me get my chisel and uh, I'm just gonna make it. No, I'll show you a video because uh, I don't have those kind of skills. So uh, this is this is uh, chainsaw art, okay? Using a chainsaw to create.
So what you and I just saw is like an old tree that's like, I mean, we should just cut that thing down, right? And it's not much, it's not worth much. Like this guy sees owls, like I'm going to make some owls out of that. And you're like, whatever, man. Like just give me a chainsaw. And what does he do? He starts cutting it away, cutting it away, and piece by piece it, it begins to form. Like, and you get the outer shape at first, and you, the shapes start to come together, and then you get more and more detail the deeper and deeper that he cuts and the more and more cuts that he makes. And so I was thinking about that. I've seen those before. I've seen um, just sculptures made, like time-lapse videos of that too with stone and those kind of things. And it starts as this like unformed thing, and it, like, hey, that's a tree. It's just supposed to be a tree. Or, hey, that's a block of stone that's just what that's supposed to be and then you get somebody like that who who create who's the creator and they see what these owls before any of us ever see it and they cut away like I heard somebody describe that that way before right like how do you do something like that well I see the owl and I just cut every everything else away that's not the owl and, and so I've, I've thought about those things and I, and I thought about this story and I think that's what Jesus is doing he's like driving so deep for, for these guys, for us, that he's trying to tell us, like, you're not just this little stump of a tree. Like, I made you to be something way greater than that. But in order to get to that point, you're going to have to let me cut away all this other stuff. And what happens is he begins to cut, he begins to mold your life. Uh, and it hurts. Because he's cutting away all the stuff that's not him. And that's a painful process. And so sometimes we tell them just like in midway, like, no, just stop. Like, I can't handle it. Like, that's too much. Like, that hurts too much. I, I can't handle it. And he wants to carve all the things away that aren't him. And so what I think he's telling this guy, I think that's why he says your sins are forgiven. Because he said, you came here. Again, this is me kind of like ad-libbing what I, what I think is going through Jesus' mind at this time. Like, you came here to get healed from me and to be able to walk. But what I'm telling you, what I want for you, is I'm going to take you from death to life. Like, you are dead apart from me, and I want to give you life to its fullest, and I'm going to tell you that by saying, hey, your sins, all that stuff that you've done, all that stuff that you will do are forgiven because I'm the one that can forgive that. And I'm letting you know that it is forgiven in me and in me alone. And then you know what's crazy? You know how good God is, how good Jesus is? He heals him physically too. So it's not that he denies him that. He just lets him know, I'm, I'm here to do so much more than you're asking me. And so that thing that you want fixed in your life, I believe in all my heart that Jesus is going to give me and my wife and our family these two babies that we're trying to adopt. I, I believe he's going to do that. I would have done it a lot different. I would have done it a lot less painful than what we've already walked through with them. But I trust him. I trust that in this process he's making me more like what he created me to be. And he's cutting away all the stuff that's not him. And that he will also give us those babies. Just like he's trying to tell this guy, like, I want you to have life. I want you to have life to its fullest potential. 
that Jesus came to set people free and to let them know you can have life fuller than you've ever had life before. And not only am I going to tell you that, I'm going to be the one that shows you the perfect example of that, and I'm going to die so that you can actually have that. And so we get all of that wrapped up in Jesus, right? That he gives us an example to look at to say, like, man, this is what life as a human being at its fullest looks like. And then he's also the one, the only one, who can save us. Because just like that tree in that video is not going to make itself into an owl, right? It's not going to be able to work on itself to create that. That guy had to come and had to chip away all that other, stu other stuff to make it what it was. You cannot make yourself better. You cannot make yourself into what God created you to be. You need him to do that for you. And that is what Jesus is telling this guy. Because scripture says, uh, if you go to Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, You and you who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands, he he, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing, by triumphing over them in him. It says, apart from Jesus, we are dead in our sin. A dead man cannot do anything for himself. Jesus comes to raise us to life. All the record of debt that stood against us, all the legal demands, sin equals death. And all of that he took and he nailed to a cross and his own death and he conquered death so that we could have life. And it says he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame. The rulers and authorities of this world. That's part of what he's showing us in this story as well. He has authority over everything physical. He has authority over everything spiritual. He has authority over everything. So every area of your life, he has authority over. And if you live for him and you trust in him, you can have authority over all those areas in your life through him. Those, that sin that you think, man, I can never shake this. Like I try and I try and I can't get away from it. In him, you have authority over that. Like I can, you can actually be free from that sin by trusting in him and trusting in him to chisel that stuff away for you. In him, we have authority and power over all this stuff. So when I read this story, what I hear and what I have been trying to process myself is that getting my deepest, deepest wish and my deepest desire will not save me. Again, so many of us have that, right? If, I just, if you just give me this one thing, then my life will be perfect. And it starts when we're little. Like, so my two-year-old, uh, he'll be three this month. Uh, Cooper, who's the craziest of all of them, already, like that's in him. He, just yesterday, he got a whole pack of Lifesavers, or Monday, he got a whole pack of Lifesavers. 
for like dessert. I'm like, you can have the whole pack, man. And he was like, this is the best thing ever. And he was like eating one lifesaver after another, just like pounding those things. And then what happens? There's the last one, and he ate it. And then he comes to me, and he says, more, more candy, Dada, more candy. And I was like, you already ate it, bud. He was like, more candy. And I was like, you ate it, bro. Back up off me. And he was like, more candy. I'm like, you're going to have to throw that fit in the other room because I don't have any more candy for you. So this thing that made him so excited, he came to the end of it, and it was not enough. And that happens when you're two, and it happens when you're 22. It happens when, for you right now. Every new iPhone I've gotten, I thought, like, man, this is the best thing in the world. And then they come out with a new one. And then I feel less of a human because of I don't have that, you know? You know, you laugh because it's true. Like, we all kind of feel that. Like, man, I'm so behind. And you only have one. Then you feel even more behind, right? It's okay, man. I didn't have a cell phone until I was out of college, you know? Uh, they had them back then, okay? But we always want more, and that's, that's, that's sin. That's our flesh because it always, we want more, and then when we get what we finally, what we've always wanted and you get it, it's not enough. It's never enough. That's what Jesus is saying. Like, even if I grant you your deepest desire, it's not going to be enough. That's what we were just saying about before we even started this. Nothing and no one will ever come close to him. This is what he's saying to this guy. And then he's so kind and he's so gracious that he heals him anyway. And so he's not like trying to deny us stuff. He's saying, I want to give you more than you're asking for. So just know that tonight. Getting your deep, deepest wish will not heal you or not save you. Only Jesus can be your savior. Only he has authority uh, over everything. What we, we don't need someone that can just grant our wishes. We don't just, we need something more than that. We don't just need a, a God that's a genie that just gives us what we want. We need a God who will save us from the sin in our life. And that's what we have in Jesus. I do believe he wants to help and he wants to give us good things, but he wants to do more oftentimes than we even are asking him for. Father, we thank you for loving us. I thank you that you love us enough that you, man, that you always want to push us deeper. Deeper into a life of following you and what that actually looks like. God, that you always have better for us. And that you're kind enough and gracious enough to even give us the things that we want a lot of the time. God, let us come to you wanting you over everything else. Keep us from the temptation of just coming to you to fix things for us in the way that we want them fixed. Help us to come to you because we need you. God, show us all that personally, that we're looking for you. That's what we're looking for. That's what we want. That's what we're after. Uh, Show us that, make us realize that, let us live for you and for you alone. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, before we sing, 
I'm going to have Jamal come up here. Uh, we're going to do something a little different at the end uh, tonight. I, I sent out a message today uh, that we're going to collect offering for the next couple of weeks um, for something really specific. I'm going to let Jamal explain that. Uh, and so just know as we sing this, this last song, as we go into this last time, amount of time before groups, um, we're going to have something that, that's very direct, uh, directed towards one group of people uh, that one of the stu- one of you uh, students told us about, and we want to be uh, people that help and a community that helps and makes a difference, and so uh, Jamal's going to give you more details about that.